0: It's Halloween night. You've maybe had a couple of drinks and you go to a graveyard with your friends, a graveyard that's rumored to be haunted, haunted by the lonely, sorrow-filled spirit of a woman in a white wedding dress who on the day of her wedding was killed by her fiance. So she wanders the graveyard at night, hoping to take revenge on anyone who reminds her of her fiance. And so, because you're a little bit drunk, and you're with your friends, you decide, let's use a Ouija board and try and connect with the spirit of the dead. And as you have the Ouija board there in front of you, the planchet starts to move. But, when the alcohol begins to wear off, you ask yourself, is this real? Or is there some science behind a Ouija board? Well, let's talk about the science behind that. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists, and welcome on back to the science behind that. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we get started, I'd like to invite all of you guys to go grab yourself a nice steaming hot cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup to bring out those autumn flavors and we will jump right in. So, look, for those of you who know me, you know that Halloween is my favorite time of year, and, you know, it's September now, and, you know, I just had to do this episode. We're getting too close to spooky season for me not to do this episode. Also, I was, uh, Watching a a ghost hunting show on YouTube. And uh, so these these air quotes ghost hunters were in in this really allegedly haunted hotel and they had two mediums with them. And uh, so nothing paranormal really happens, you know, maybe they hear a knock on a door here or there. But other than that, nothing paranormal happens. So at the end of the video, they of course pull out a Ouija board and do a séance, and um, they of course connect with a spirit who roams the halls of this aban- of this uh, haunted hotel. And so I was watching this, and I already had a good idea of the science behind Ouija boards, and so I was curious. So I went to Google Google Scholar, right? where usually you find a bunch of actual scientific research papers, and I googled how do Ouija boards work. And ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not, every single air quotes paper was either from the Christian ministry of evangelical teaching, or it was from some sort of spiritualism society. And it really, really irritated me. And it irritated me because the actual science behind it was very inaccessible um, for, for the general public to access. So that's the other reason why I decided to do this episode. Hold on, I need to grab a sip of my coffee there. So I also want to say before we start this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I personally do believe in spirits. And I know that's a little odd coming from a man of science, but I do believe in spirits, but Ouija boards, no. And I I do not believe in Ouija boards one bit. Um, And hopefully at the end of today's episode, you will have a good understanding of why I think Ouija boards are um, a bunch of hocus pocus. So before we can talk about the science behind Ouija boards, I think it's important to first establish the history of where they came from so I was reading this one paper or uh, article about Ouija boards and they're like the history is mysteriously hard to track down it's not hard to track down so I tracked it down for you here it is Um, but of course that article had a a, a bias and that was sad because that was a Smithsonian article and the overall premise was that Ouija boards are real which was disappointing but anyway here's the history for you. So the first Ouija boards, um, appeared in an advertisement in Philadelphia in February, 1891. And were they originally for spirit detection? No, actually I was surprised about that, but they were marketed as a toy that, um, it's, Ouija, the wonderful talking board, it can answer questions about the past, present, and future. It'll entertain you for hours with its surprisingly accurate answers and so the um it was originally marketed as as a toy for kids to to like predict the future with um and then around the end of the eighteenth cent- or sorry nineteenth century. Two sisters from upstate New York named the Fox Sisters not only brought Ouija boards into the mainstream culture, but they brought the idea of seances into mainstream as well. So the Fox Sisters were two sisters that lived in upstate New York, and they made their na- a name for themselves by saying they could communicate with the dead. And so what they would do is they would invite um, generally rich people to come in and talk with their dead loved ones. And while one sister did the seance, um, the other sister would make the chairs move or the lights turn off or or knock on the table. And it was all a, a conjuring trick, but nobody knew that at the time. Well, I'm sure some people did, but most people didn't know that at the time. And so everything about them was marketed as they have a they're witches, or they had a deep connection with the spirit world, and this continued on for years. And eventually, because of the Fox sisters, um, the the whole they created basically an economy, they, a movement for spiritualism and seances and being able to connect with the dead. However, at the end of their lives, they admitted that everything they did was bs that it was all a magic trick. It was all a conjuring trick. They admitted that their their makeshift Ouija boards, which were um, basically glass bottles on a table where you had pieces of paper in a circle and numbers, um, and the, the b- bottle would move when you touched it. Um, they admitted that that was a trick. They admitted that you know, the, the moving chairs up and down was a trick, etc. They admitted everything they did was a trick, but the the movement that they had created became so big that nobody really listened to them anymore, and people went on believing that everything that they said, even though it was nonsense. And so why do I bring these two up? I bring these two up because these two kind of popularized the Ouija board for use in the seance. So before the Ouija board, seances were a big thing in Europe, and they kind of came over to America around 1848. Um, But they were a big thing in Europe, and in Europe you would use a a wine glass on a table within a circle made out of the 26 letters of the alphabet and nine numbers, you know, one through nine. Um, And you would touch the wine glass and it would move, just like a Ouija board. And so when the Ouija board came out in 1891 as a kid's toy to air quotes, predict the future, the Fox sisters used it in their seances. And this idea that it could connect and communicate with the dead became popularized. Um, And it still lingers around it to this day. And in fact, even the article from the Smithsonian the Smithsonian, even the article from the Smithsonian said that the Ouija board has mysterious power that nobody fully understands, which ladies and gentlemen leads us beautifully into the real purpose of this ep- of this episode, the science behind Ouija boards. So what is the science behind Ouija boards? Well, long story short, um, the planchet or the the device that you put on a Ouija board moves because of unconscious motor movements by people and now I know there are some of you out there right now who are probably like well Atticus I've used Ouija boards and I wasn't moving it and it's like well you didn't think you were moving it but in reality you probably were and the believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the movement here is actually kind of complex. So let's begin with two examples. Imagine you're cooking dinner, right and you have a you have a skillet on the grill, or on the stove, and you move the handle of the skillet into the stove so that it doesn't get knocked over and you go off to go and grab more ingredients from the garage. Your girlfriend comes over and doesn't realize the handle is of your skillet is over another burner and she turns on her burner and then when she realizes it's a little too late because the handle got too hot so she turns off her burner and she goes to look for you and you come back and you grab the handle that skillet what happens well if it's burning hot you jerk your arm back Now, when you jerk your arm back, ladies and gentlemen, are you consciously thinking, hey, this is really hot. Let me move my hand back. No, you're not. Now, why do you move back? The reason is because of a reflex arc. So a reflex arc is where you have a pain receptor, a nerve that takes a pain signal, shunts that pain signal up to the brain, but it doesn't go to conscious perception. Instead, it's processed by subconscious perception. Why? Because subconscious perception is far faster than conscious perception. And so then the motor cortex of the brain subconsciously sends your arm a signal. It sends your flexors a signal to release that um, pan the handle of the skillet and it sends your butt, your rotator cuff muscles to move your arm backwards away from that hot, hot uh, heat source. And this is really fast. And you do this unconsciously. You're not consciously thinking about moving. Another example is called the hypnic jerk. And so I know that's a weird uh, phrase. I've never used that before. But what this is, is it's basically jerking awake suddenly while you're sleeping i'm sure all of you have had an experience where you're sleeping you have a comfortable dream and then all of a sudden you just jerk awake and that's called the hypnic jerk now why is that what basically happened there is your unconscious brain or your subconscious brain sent a signal to your motor cortex subconsciously to jerk you awake um now it could be due to a variety of things but but that's basically what it is, and so how does this apply to uh, Ouija boards? Well, it applies to something called the idiomotor effect or idiomotor actions, and unfortunately, this has kind of become a meme because of a really stupid horror movie called Ouija that was released a couple years ago, where in the first five minutes, the characters, the one of the characters, is using a Ouija board and. Uh, it moves, and she's like, ah, and so she Googles how does a Ouija board work, and she watches a video, and in the video, they say idiomotor effect, and then she dies from a demon or something, and so it kind of gave this a bad name, but in reality, it's true, so what is the idiomotor effect? In essence, the idiomotor effect is a movement or a series of movements that are co- controlled by your subconscious resulting in a complete lack of awareness that they are occurring by you. And so, how this applies then to Ouija boards is basically this. So, if you are at a Ouija board, even with other people, usually, when people perform or use a Ouija board, it's usually in a place where they know that there's some paranormal activity occurring. You know, like, for example... Your house has paranormal activity occur- occurring. So you look through the public records and find it's haunted and you see the name of a spirit Jack mentioned or um you know you're you go to a a haunted house on Halloween and you know the entire history of this place and you see you want to see if you can connect with one of the spirits there and you may not know the names of the spirits in your head but your subconscious does. And so what happens then is when you're lightly holding the planchet, basically when you're asking questions, your subconscious responds, and when your subconscious responds, that sends a motor signal, much like a reflex arc, to the muscles in your arm to to move that planchet. And even if you're the one doing it, because it's a subconscious signal that's being sent by your brain to your motor cortex to your arms subconsciously, you're not going to have any perception of it. And in one 2012 study, researchers even found that the effects of this are maximized when the participants strongly believe that they aren't the ones doing it. So, therein lies the, 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 the irony there is that when people... If you've ever used a ouija board with friends and you're like oh my god are you you moving this and someone's like no i'm totally not moving moving this in all reality they're most likely the ones moving it and so oftentimes as well what happens is if one person is asking the question and another person is moving it subconsciously Everyone's Everyone else's psyche is going to follow that movement anyway, as opposed to resisting it. And so what ends up happening is you're asking questions and then your subconscious is answering them as opposed to a spirit. And it's moving the planchette in, in accordance to that. And so the reason I bring up knowing history about the place is because if you visit a historically haunted, um, hotel. For example, there's a hotel near where, um, I'm going to live in, in Minnesota that is notoriously haunted. And I've read a lot about it and I don't remember the names of the spirits they say are there, but my subconscious would. And so like, if you know that, if you know the history more often than not, when you ask the question, What is your name? Your subconscious is going to come through with any old name. The first name that comes to mind, Jack, Tom, Mike, and it's going to spell that out. And you won't have any conscious perception of it because it's all unconscious. It's all in your subconscious mind and all of these motor movements are in your subconscious mind. So I guess then to summarize... When you use a Ouija board, are you connecting with the spirit world? No. You're connecting with your unconscious thoughts, which leads me into the last part of this, which is that a Ouija board is actually a pretty good communication tool, but it's not a communication tool for the spirit world. It's a communication tool to your subconscious mind. So much so that researchers have been studying the effects of using Ouija boards with Alzheimer's patients to understand what they're thinking. Because with Alzheimer's, a lot of times it's the conscious perception that's most affected, whereas the subconscious per- perception is not really affected. And because Ouija boards rely on your subconscious mind to answer questions and to move those muscles. It's a pretty good communication tool, at least in recent studies. So ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for you today on this. Now, I know some of you, maybe, I I don't actually know, but maybe some of you out there are going to be like, no, Atticus, there's no way that that's possible, that this is possible. If that is the case, I propose an experiment for you. Take a Ouija board, blind yourself, all right, wear like blind. Don't stab out your eyes. No, wear like blindfolds or something, and get a bunch of people together for this. This would be fun. Get a bunch of people together for this. Wear blindfolds and then have somebody else ask the air quote spirit questions, and see what answers you get when everyone's blindfolded, because the most recent studies have demonstrated that being able to visually see the planchet moving. Adds to the effects of the subconscious motor movements but if you can't see where the letters are you're not going to spell out anything coherent and this has been an experiment that was already done that conclusively demonstrates in my opinion that it's not in tune with the spirit world there's no mysticism about the Ouija board it's just a fun toy to communicate with your own subconscious mind So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun for me to make. And, you know, I really hope this clears up a lot of the misinformation out there about this. Because I've seen Ouija boards used in terrible ways um, to extort people who have lost family members out of money. Um, And if you know the science behind how it works um, hopefully you can prevent that from happening to you. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you all on Monday. Um, and until then, remember stand up and question everything.